Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Culture Talks podcast. Um, we are on episode 17. I'm so grateful for all the listeners of the past podcast with Yaz, uh, creative director for YKT. We had a lot of people tap into that podcast. I really appreciate you guys. Um, and here we are again, back with a new guest um, that I'm excited to have on today. Before we jump into who that is, I just want to say I hope you guys are taking the time out to like, comment, and leave reviews as that is the only way that the Culture Talks podcast can grow. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe, especially all of you iPhone users, just because Apple Podcasts is one of the bigger podcast platforms. Um, you know, when I when you guys leave reviews and when you subscribe on there, it really helps the podcast grow. With that being said, thank you for coming back again and I'll go right into my introduction. Um, so today we have on our, what is this, 17th guest of this season. So we're introducing Daniela, um, who teaches women how to not suck at doing their makeup, which I really love that description. It's kind of funny. Um, but she's the she's the CEO and co-founder of Bazaar Cosmetics and provides content around makeup and motivation. Um, welcome to the Culture Talks podcast, Daniela. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for having me today. It's really a pleasure to be here today. So. Blessings. Can you please pronounce your last name for me so I don't, uh, do, I mean, I may have said it right, but just to make sure I'm saying it right. You definitely said it right. It's bizarre. It's really simple. That's it looks so. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Because, you know, when I was like, when I wrote down the introduction, I was like, when I'm writing this introduction, I don't want to stop midway and ask her what her last name is. So I was like, let me just say it and then ask after if I said it right. <laughs> so I'm glad I said it right you on the did first a good job. Blessings, <laughs> yeah. blessings, blessings. So what is the, you know, I know this is a general question, but where are you residing right now? Where do you live? Uh, I am based out of Orlando, Florida. Bless. How's the weather down there today? Oh, it's hot. It is a beautiful day to go to the beach. Right now we can't, but you know, <laughs> counting the blessings. So <laughs> I feel you. How are you how are you handling this quarantine situation? Um, I'm really taking the extra time to put more focus on my business. So I'm actually grateful for the extra time that I get and that, you know, you can't get distracted with friends and family. It's more time to focus on what you really want to, right now. So facts that's that's how i'm feeling right now i'm really like i'm like dang half of me is kind of like you know a little bothered that i can't like go out and you know whatever hang out with friends and go get food but at the same time i'm really like trying to find ways to be grateful for the fact that you know i'm able to focus on the thing or at least take time out to reflect on what i want to achieve you know how like people had new years on january 1st to like kind of decide oh what do what I want to do with this year. I feel like this is like a re-chance for us to like tap back into what we were talking about on New Year's and like really dive yeah. into that. It's really putting you in a position where you either grow or you sit or you sink. So I chose to, you know, grow and it's really taking me a time to appreciate the times that I did have with my friends and family. And, you know, when we're able to go out again, I will definitely 
uh, never bail on anybody again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I was bailing on people left and right, right before this happened too. So it's funny that you said that people were like, let's hang out. And I'm like, ah, yeah, for sure. Then the time comes around. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm about to stay home or whatever. So now, yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. Now I got to be a little bit more, uh, aware of where I spend my time, you know, because you never know when it's going to be taken away. Exactly. And we weren't expecting this. So here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Um, So I have what I think is a challenging question for a lot of people. But, um, you know, I've gotten some dope dope answers from some of my past guests. So I just want you to, like, take a moment to view yourself from the outside looking in. So if you were to separate Daniela from Daniela and be able to, like, look down at you and just, you know, at your past, how you, how, how you live your life and everything, how would you describe yourself? So in short, who is Daniela? Wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I would say that definitely Daniela is a motivator. Um, wow. Okay, looking from the outside in, um, Daniela is a motivator. You know, I'm only 4'11", so I'm a firecracker. <laughs> I, uh, whatever I lack in height, I definitely have in personality. Uh, and I'm a fighter. I fight for what I want, and I'm not a quitter. I like to finish what I started. So um, that's from the outside looking in. I would say that a lot of my friends would describe me like that, and I'm a pretty straight-up person, and um, I like people to be straight-up as well. So I appreciate honest honesty. Um, on the outside looking in, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you think that... Do you think that like, it's kind of like a weird question, but do you think being shorter or like height can, this is going to sound like weird to other people or like dumb or whatever, but I think it's actually kind of a good question. Do you think that height can like affect somebody's confidence or somebody's like, uh, I don't know, uh, how they perceive themselves in the world? Like if they're like a giant or if they're really small, do you feel like they feel really small or how do you feel? I guess like do, but Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think that it could affect your confidence because, um, for example, when I meet someone, the first thing they say about me is how short I am, which is something that I've dealt with my whole entire life, um, and I'm okay with it now. I think you just kind of get used to your height, and you're either okay with what you're given and you work with it, or you put yourself down for it. Now, I can't put myself down for something, for how I was born and how I was brought into the world. So I kind of use that as more of a superpower of mine. Like, yes, I'm short, but, you know, I'm also a firecracker, like I mentioned before. So uh, once you get to know me, you'll see that the height doesn't really mean anything. It shouldn't stop you from anything. Which I think is like kind of an important concept, like anything physically that we're born with that we have no control over. Um, that we can't exactly change to just embrace it and use it as like how you describe it as a superpower. Yeah, exactly. It's it's using whatever you were given and then, you know, um, like a superpower. Exactly. <laughs> Capitalizing on it. So did you, Capitalizing. did yeah. you grow up in Orlando? Uh, pretty much. I was born in Venezuela. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I moved to the United States when I was nine years old. And we first left in Virginia, but then when I was about a middle schooler, 
uh, sixth grade, I moved to Orlando. So I pretty much grew up in Orlando. From then on, for sure, for sure. Can, yeah. for, for people who aren't super geographically, uh, uh, I don't know, <laughs> aware, yeah. can you describe where Venezuela is and then give us maybe one quick fact or maybe like a popular food or a popular thing in the yeah, culture? Yeah. Uh, so Venezuela is in South America. It's right next to Colombia and Brazil. Um, and it is right now, it's a country that's going through a lot. It's actually a communist country going through a dictatorship. So uh, when we came to the United States, we were actually running away from um, communism, as mm. per se. And um, so it's been an interesting journey from then on. And yeah, come from immigrant parents. I'm an immigrant myself, you know, living the American dream, as you want to call it. Fire, fire. I love it. And I'm going to do just just because you mentioned that I'm going to do some more research about uh, at least the, the the political side and 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 what's going on over there, because I didn't know that it was a communist country. So oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to do some research into that. And listeners, I suggest you do, too, just because it's good to have a knowledge of what's going around in the world. Um, exactly. So how did the experience uh, or how does the experience of being an immigrant like shape you? Like how did how did that experience moving to the States, growing up in a country that wasn't originally like where you're from, being away from family, from, you know, the culture you were raised in at, at a young age. How did that affect you and how did that help shape who you are today? Yeah. So when my parents came here, my, my dad actually came here first to, you know, uh, be able to supply for us. So he came to the United States with a thousand dollars only, Sheesh. nowhere to live. And, you know, a thousand dollars that goes by really fast. Super fast. Um, so what he did with that, he bought a car and then, you know, he was eating out of the food court. Um, you know, the little samples that they give you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all he was doing while he was, you know, building a place for us to come to. And, and that just drives me more because now my dad is a homeowner, you know, he has a steady job and that just drives me more, uh, because he sacrificed himself so much and makes me want to, you know, exceed in life. And it gives me that extra fire than if everything was just given to me easy in life. So I appreciate the struggles I went through because it has definitely shaped me as a stronger person, especially a woman in business. It, it could be tough sometimes. And so it definitely makes me strong and it makes me a fighter. Man, that's low key. I, I'm uh, that's a crazy story, and I feel like people, people all across America that have moved here, and I think it's such an important conversation to like go into. Is that a lot of times, you know, certain people that aren't the nicest people in the world <laughs> like to, you know, put down other cultures that have moved to the states or say they're doing this bad thing and doing this bad thing. But the reality of the matter is so many millions of people are moving here with absolutely nothing and making a way for themselves, making a life for themselves and just really being selfless. Like, like your pops, you know, coming all the way to the States with such a little amount of money surviving off of, you know, samples from, from, from different places and food courts, just so he can build a life for his, a better, a better life for his family is so honorable. And then, like you said, provides, I mean, so much motivation for me and I'm not even part of your family, but just hearing that story (laughs) is, you know, hearing that story in short is just, 
you know, it's it's powerful. It shows how important parents are and how how we need to be grateful for them. Yeah, of course. Um, so he he definitely you know, and and he supported in everything that I do, which I'm very fortunate to have. So uh, yeah, everything to my pops and and my mom. Yeah. So when when you were a kid, let's say. If you can remember from like the time when you moved to the states, or let's start with when you are in sixth grade in Orlando. Think about think back to your like mindset then. What did you or not mindset, but like think back to that time and what did you want to be when you grew up? Do you remember? Grow, 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 I don't know the correct grammar to use. Anyways, when you grew up, what did you want to be? Yeah. So it was funny because when I was little, I used to play like I own businesses. And and that's really funny because my I used to play that I was working at a bank and my mom was like, Oh, you're working at a bank and I would be like, Oh no, I own the bank. <laughs> I've always <laughs> so I've always been that kind of person. I actually wrote a fake check to my mom when I was about uh maybe seven years old, like a million dollar check. Wow. And um and then in middle school, as I grew up in high school I thought I wanted to be a doctor because I have a really strong stomach. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I could handle blood. You know, I love helping people. I'm definitely going to be a doctor. So when I got out of um, high school, I went straight for nursing school. So my plan was to be a nurse and then move on and be a doctor. And then I started working at the hospital, seeing if I liked it or not while I was going to school. And turns out I'm not very patient for, you know, sick people, which is something that's kind of hard to admit, but I knew that wasn't my calling. And after, you know, changing my major about uh, five times, I realized that school's not for me. (laughs) So I kind of just put that to the side and decided to pursue entrepreneurship. Okay, so so what? Let's let's go into the five different times or the couple different times that you changed your major. What were some of the other things that you had a short time being interested in? Uh, so it was nursing. Then I went to psychology. Then I went to I, I wanted to be a financial advisor. Then I went to psychology again. Then I was like, oh, I'm gonna do music because I've always loved. I've always been a creative, so I was like, oh, I'll do music. I want to be a director, and then uh, until I was like, oh, you know what? I, I really just want to be an entrepreneur. So, and I think the cool thing about being like an entrepreneur is that you can cover so many. Uh, I feel like all those interests are still like a part of a person. You know what I'm saying? So, like, okay, yeah. nursing. Like, oh, I really care about the healthcare system. I really want to help people, and I want people to be you know, mentally, and then psychology, I want people to understand the mind so that I'm able to like serve people and understand how people think so that I can understand whatever it might be mental health or um, how we think about stress or confidence. And then you're like, oh, actually, I really like um, music and, you know, our creative self, everyone has a creative self and tapping into that. And I think when you take all those and combine them together, like all the character traits that like, are parts of the people who are interested in those careers, it can like create, and, and then you apply it to like what you end up doing as an entrepreneur that it works out. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's yeah, not, of course. It's like putting all your passions together and then make it into one thing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I think that's like the cool thing about entrepreneurship is just like taking all the little things from what you learned and 
and what you like, and then applying all those like concepts and, 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 and the values and core values you learn from all those things. And then just going hard and putting it all into one pot and stirring it up and seeing what soup comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> seeing what works. Yeah. So la- last question on the college topic, what uh, college did you go to? Uh, so I started at Valencia College, so I don't know if you know University of Central Florida. Yes, yes. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the where you get your AA first, and then you go to the university. Yes. So Valencia College. I actually did get my AA, and then I stopped there. Got you, got you. And so can you remember your very, very first job? Oh, yeah. I worked at a bakery when a I was bakery. 15 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> What like what type what type of goods was they said what type of baker bakery type of goods were they serving? Oh like? yeah, so it was a Venezuelan bakery. Uh, my dad knew the owner, so he uh, helped me get the job. And um, let's say we used to sell cakes, coffee, and all sorts of Venezuelan goods. So empanadas. I don't know if you're familiar with Spanish food. I am. But, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so empanadas and um, all kinds of um, coffee and all kinds of sweets so how, how how was that did you like that job oh i did you know as a 15 year old i think i made like 300 dollars a week which uh 15 years old with 300 dollars a week i used to take all my friends out to eat <laughs> now <laughs> i wish i saved it but <laughs> hey so, but it's part of life maybe. no i feel that yeah, i feel that exactly. 300 dollars, 300 dollars as a 15 year old you start feeling super rich <laughs> oh yeah and I was the only one that had a job out of all my friends, so I was really cool then. <laughs> yeah, you was you was bond. They're like, let's go to the movie theater, but I don't have any money. Can you pay for me? <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. That was me. I used to pay for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so what what exactly inspired you to get or to become a makeup artist or to get into makeup? Yeah. So when I was. Um, Let's say early 20s, 19, I was really, um, my confidence was very low. So, you know, I used to look at myself in the mirror and just really hate what I saw. Um, and I, I sort of blame, not blame, but I was in a relationship that wasn't good for me or him. Uh, we were kind of toxic for each other and it was just kind of hard to admit at that point. Um, and my confidence was extremely low and until one day I just got tired of that. I looked for more, more ways of feeling good, and I picked up makeup. I was never good at makeup until, you know, I started watching YouTube videos and educating myself on how to do my makeup properly, and it just, and then when I started, you know, getting better and better at makeup, I just started to feel so good, and, you know, I don't think that you need makeup to feel confident, but it definitely helps you a lot as a woman. And, you know, some men, but um, then it just drove me to, you know, teach other women to feel good about themselves because when you're doing your makeup, you're kind of forced to look at yourself in the mirror and very closely. And, you know, I started speaking words of positivity to myself. So you're beautiful. uh, All your flaws are perfect or, you know, loving every flaw on my face rather than hating it. So makeup really taught me how to take care of myself. And I always suffered with skin, with my skin. So when I started applying more makeup, I had to take care of my skin a lot more because I was putting, you know, makeup on it. So um, that's what drove me. So a lot of what I teach on my Instagram is how to be confident. Um, And then makeup helps with that. So 
And I, I I love that. So one thing that I heard, like I heard from somebody that I was talking to about makeup is when it comes to makeup, like you just explained, you're spending a lot of time with yourself, looking at yourself and, and really it, it it's more about self-care than it is about trying to attract some somebody or trying to um, look good for another person it has nothing to do with that, but has more to do with, it's kind of like when we think about meditation or we think about exercise, like these are things that we use to feel better as self-care. They're not yeah. something that's the answer to everything, but they're definitely a tool that's useful. And exactly, I won't, you know, I'm not going to lie to you growing up and being a boy and then also being around like other, you know, not so nice, you know, guys and stuff. We always used to like be like, oh, you're only pretty if you have makeup, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and, and I used to look at it negatively. But when someone told me that how it's not exactly about trying to look good for anyone else or trying to attract a mate or or, <laughs> or anything of that yeah, nature. Exactly. And it's more about self-care. That really made a lot of sense to me. And it really clicked because, you know, you know, somebody might argue, well, that's not the answer to your issues, but neither is working out. Neither is meditation. Neither is all these tools that we use, but they're tools that we can use and, and apply to our lives to help. Exactly. To feel better. Yeah. And that's a big misconception with makeup, you know, like, oh, you wear too much makeup or cake face, you know, a lot of it is used as artistry and, and then also as a confidence builder, uh, you feel good about yourself. I, I think especially now that we're all, most people are quarantined, um, and at home, you really find that you get, you really get ready for yourself. Because a lot of us are, might be in pajamas or, you know, uh, not getting ready because you're not going out. So what's the point? But there is a point because that will, you know, slowly ruin your confidence if you're not waking up in the morning, taking a shower, you know, putting on a face of makeup. That makes you feel good throughout your day. It makes you feel productive. So it's a lot more than, you know, just covering flaws. I love that. I love that. You know what? I'm already I'm already speaking it into existence that I'm going to take that exact part right there, edit it and put it as a video cuz that was that was powerful. That was important. Oh, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like just got to speak it into existence right now to remind myself. But um but man, I love that so much. So, did you always look at um it's funny because you know how like the acronym for makeup artist is MUA. So it's like yeah, when yeah. when I wrote it down on my on you know on my notebook for the questions I was going to ask you like I keep like having to catch myself and not say moi. <laughs> yeah, moi. <laughs> but uh did you look did you always look at being a makeup artist as a career or was it a passion or a hobby first? Uh definitely a passion first. Um still to this, this day I don't really, you know, do people's makeup for money. Um, I just more teach on Instagram how to do it to that everyday woman. I do more like realistic makeup rather than those crazy artistry looks that you find sometimes on Instagram. So I do uh, more everyday looks and I have done, you know, a wedding and I actually did my own wedding. Um, fine, <laughs> and fine. then uh, the photo shoots for my brand, I do the makeup. So I, I haven't really gone into makeup artistry to where I I charge for it. I more so teach how to do it. So I love that. I lo- one reason that that 
that stands out to me is because, I mean, a lot of us know how much money is in that industry in, in, in cosmetics. I mean, I was just the other day, uh, they were saying that um, by 2023, the estimated global cosmetics industry would be like a net worth of up to $803 billion. So it's like people, oh, yeah. a lot of people can you know, think that somebody just gets into a career for the money or, you know, to, to make a profit, but to hear that, you know, there's people out there who are just passionate about certain things and want to share, um, with the world to be of service is, is, is dope. So shout out to you for that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it is a huge industry. So definitely a crowded field. So. Oh. But 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 what I always tell people is true hustlers will always stand out. You know what I'm saying? So it's exactly. like it, it's it's there's going to be a lot of people that are like, uh, I mean, I know you say you get a lot of support from your parents, but I know other people in the world might be like, oh, man, there there's too much co- competition in this field. There's too much yeah. this. But it's like, yo, if you love what you do, you're passionate about it. You do your research. You work hard like all hustlers stand out. Oh, yeah. It works. show. you know, you. You, because um, there's a lot of people that get um, intimidated. They're like, oh, well, that industry is so crowded. I mean, there's billions of people in the world, you know? So pretty much any industry is really crowded. So it's, it's really saying what makes me stand out from that everyday person? You know, what makes me, and, and like you say, hustle, hustle, and, you know, um, just keep going because you're eventually going to hit the jackpot. <laughs> That's a fact. So, that's a fact. And and it may take 10 years, it may take 15, it may take 20, but if you're consistent, your time will come. And it's just understanding, um, you know, like the late Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, says, you know, the marathon yeah. continues. You know, you just have to you have to run your race at your own pace. And however long it takes you to finish that marathon, just as long as you finish is all that matters. Exactly. So and you never know, you might give up, you know, on your five but year six was your year so just keep it going and stay consistent so and and speaking of the cosmetics industry can you talk to me a little bit more about your business what's the i know i already said it but what's the name of your business and what it's what inspired you to start it yeah so my business is bizarre cosmetics um what inspired me to start it is pretty much uh when i saw the makeup industry i realized that there was a lack of um, of a brand that focuses on that woman starting their journey with makeup. Everything's advanced, so every makeup palette or colors that are out there are like blue and pinks and yellows, and that could be intimidating for a lot of women to start with, you know? So I wanted to start a brand that really focuses on the beginner. So um, we released a line of makeup brushes that... Um, each brush, or we have a guide that teaches you how to use each brush instead of just giving you a bunch of makeup brushes that you don't know how to use, if that makes any sense. So we really focus on, you know, inspiring women to begin their makeup journey and begin to start feeling good. I love and that's that. what, uh, yeah. And you co-founded it with your mother, which I thought was really cool. So could you talk about like some pros and cons of working with family? Yeah, of course. Um, so my mom pretty much saw my vision and she always wanted to own a brand. So we were like, you know what, let's just do it together. And some uh, some pros is that nobody knows me like my mom does. 
so she knows what bothers me. She knows what, you know, um, what is going to make me happy. And uh, so I do take most of the control in the company. Um, uh, but, you know, she knows me. She knows what I like and what I don't like. And she listens. She, so she's always there. And, uh, you know, we can be straight up to each other. There's no um, kind of beating around the bush. You know, she's my mom. Um, and then a, a con that I would say is, you know, it's family. So sometimes uh, I might not like what she does. And personally, you know, I, I don't want to hurt her feelings, you know. Um, and also the fact that we're so open with each other, we might actually bother each other, even though, you know, we know what each other likes and doesn't like. We're very, it could get almost like unprofessional sometimes, you know. Yeah, since we have a, a family connection. Um, so, but I think I would rather build an empire with my family than somebody who I don't know. No, so. man. And I think it's so important that you said that because <laughs> I think it's so, it's crazy. There's so much that, you know, who better than to get to like make money with and, and build an empire, like you said, an empire, a, a kingdom, uh, a legacy, them with your own family and being able to circulate the money, circulate the, um, yeah, I mean, circulate the wealth within your family. It's so important exactly. to be able to create generational wealth and be able to, you know, build a life and legacy and name for your family that lasts forever. And I feel like the cool thing that I loved when I read that you co-founded it with your mother was like, that's exactly what I imagined. I was like, wow, she's building and, you know, she's building a business which could turn in, you know, can and will, I believe, will turn into yeah. an empire which can stem off into other businesses. And it's just going to turn into something that's going to be able to provide for not only, you know, the family now, but for the families to come in the future. You know, when you have kids, when your kids have kids or, you know, what, exactly. you know, and, and it goes on and it goes on. But it can never happen if you don't ever build it. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. Um we are coming up on the 30-minute mark, which is cool. We're going to take a quick little break, if you don't mind, my yeah. friend. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are listening um, still, I'm so happy that you're still here. Please like, comment, leave a review. And if you have any questions, man, leave some questions in the in the comments below this episode. And we'll be back in just a few moments. Thank you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for staying with us on our short little break there. Um, again, if you're for some reason jumping into this podcast at this mark and you haven't listened to the beginning, go listen to the beginning. Um, but we have with us today Daniela Bezara, who is a female entrepreneur, CEO, and co-founder of Bazaar Cosmetics. We've been having dope conversations around confidence, um, the cosmetics industry, um, starting a business with family, building legacy. We've been having a great conversation so far. So we are back. Um, so I just want to go into my next question regarding your business. So um, when I was on the Bazaar Cosmetics page, I did see that all of your guys' products are vegan and cruelty-free. So tell me a little bit about why you guys decided to do that and what exactly are like 
how how do you do that? Like, what do you have to look for when you're creating your products, or what are you like not including to make it vegan? Yeah, so we haven't gone into the uh, actual cosmetic side right now. We only have brushes, um, so for that it was pretty easy to find synthetic brushes. Uh, but what made me want to go the vegan and cruelty-free route is that I just don't feel good when my products were either tested on animals or use animal hairs because they're, like you said, the, the cosmetic industry is a billion-dollar company or industry, I mean. So imagine how how many animals they need, you know, to cut their hair to um, make these brushes, you know? So there's a lot of cruelty behind it, um, a lot of, so let me just educate you that mo- most brushes are made from squirrel or horse hairs or mink, right? Um, so if you think about how many brushes are mass produced, um, that just leads to a lot of cruelty. Um, so I just wasn't right. I need, I need my business to feel right uh, and to feel like I'm giving somebody, you know, a product that they feel good about. Um, also, if you have any allergies to animals, if there's animal product in your cosmetics, you're gonna break out and you're going to have allergies. So I wanted to avoid that. Um, but moving on, you know, we do wanna do lipsticks and makeup palettes. So we will be looking for, you know, a, um, so you pretty much partner with a distributor and, you know, they, you tell them what you want, and then they give you samples, and then you say if you like it or not. So making the making of these brushes took me about six months because I got a bunch of samples. I didn't like them. Then I tried the brushes for about four months, and then once I was really confident that I liked this and that this is a good product, I put it out there. So. And I, I, I love that you shared that last part there because a lot of people, like, there's definitely going to be some challenges and things are going to take time when you're creating a business. So I think one cool thing about, like, modern day times is that it is easier to start a business than it was in the past. Um, or at least yeah. to start it, yes, to profit is is a different story. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. exactly. but, but like, yeah, we do have online websites. We do have platforms that can create websites and things for you. There is easy ways to order, you know, clothing or, or this, there is uh, ways to find distributors and warehouses because we have the internet. So yeah, there's like some things that make it a little bit easier, but at the end of the day, things still take time and there's still going to be a lot of challenges you face. And, as you guys listening just heard, it took her six months, six months to, you know, even get to the point where she was like, I like this product enough to release to my customers, to my consumers. And, you know, for, for some of you guys, it may take you seven months. It may take you a year. It may take you two years. But make sure you're diligent in making sure that you're confident about the product that you're releasing to your consumers. Because if you're just, yeah, exactly. yeah, if you're just in it for the money, it's not going to last. Oh yeah. No, you know, money, if the money comes fast, you know, it goes by fast too. <laughs> so, um, it's really about, um, uh, enjoying the process of it. So I really enjoyed the process of creating the brushes and telling the manufacturer how I liked them, what I liked, what I didn't like. I really just enjoyed that time. And, you know, when you launch a product, you know, you have to, Make sure that your audience likes it. You And your first customers, 
I mean, every customer is important, but your first customers are especially your most important ones because they're the ones that are going to go on and, you know, word of mouth marketing, which is huge. Uh, they're going to go tell their friends and their grandmas and their girlfriends that they love these brushes or your product. And you want to make sure that you're putting out a good product because if your first impression is a bad one, then it's really hard to recover from that. So. Hmm. Fire. I'm also editing that part too. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm glad I'm giving some value. Hey, no, nah, that was fire. That's a gem right there. That's a gem. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniela is dropping gems on y'all, so I hope you're taking them in. Um so when you're communicating with manufacturers, are you doing this via phone, email, and like in person? What are some of the, like the challenges of communication with your distributor and your manufacturer? Yeah, so the biggest challenge for me is that my um, distributors are in Singapore, so um, the time change is uh, intense. So sometimes I would be up very late talking to them. Um, and then also the, lang- the language barrier, like they speak English, but, you know, it's not perfect. So I have to say it in a way where it's simplified. Um, also, it depends where who your distributor and manufacturer is or where they're from uh but that was one of my biggest challenges but you know you do get their phone number and they will you have to get a good distributor manufacturer i was very lucky and fortunate to find one that i love working with because they respond to me so you want to make sure that they respond to you pretty fast um you want to make sure that they're able to deliver everything that you want you know they they want to make the sale they want to work with you especially if they believe that you, uh, you are a successful business. Uh, they want to be, you know, there for that because that's business for them. So you want to make sure they respond. And, you know, I did this all through phone. So they gave me their phone number. I don't know if you know the app WhatsApp. Yeah, of course. That's of course. What we, yeah. yeah, that's what we talk on. So, so yeah. I think two things I just want to like, they're not super important to talk about, but I just want to talk about real quick is <laughs> when you were talking about simplified English I think that people who come from immigrant households are like masters of simplifying English. Like, oh, yeah. so, so like my, my, my mom is Tanzanian from East Africa and like a lot of my cousins and stuff. And we travel back to Africa to visit our family and stuff. So it's like, I feel like just naturally when you come from immigrant parents, you're like, we're just naturally really good at simplifying English. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like just, <laughs> and like wording it differently. So exactly. So. Exactly. It's so funny. I work at a, I also work at like one of the YMCA's out here and it's one of the most like diverse YMCA's in the Midwest. So there's like lots of different, different cultures. Like there's really not, not that I, not that I, I don't want white people to come in, but there's really not that many like American, like white people that come in. It's just a lot of like, um, East Africans, a lot of Congolese, a lot of Somalians, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Middle Eastern, um, you know, people from uh, the Middle East, people from the Arab states, like just is very diverse. So it's funny when they come in and they're signing up and they don't really speak English. And I'm like, ah, let me let me take care of this because I got that simplified English mastered. <laughs> I got that simplified English. Exactly. <laughs> facts. Facts. And, and same thing goes with WhatsApp. Like if you if you if you come from immigrant household, definitely got oh, WhatsApp. You definitely have WhatsApp for and sure. Then there's a family group chat, right? <laughs> yep, I have two family group chats. I have one for the yep. family in America and one for the family in uh in Tanzania. That's Whew. funny. They... I have I have two family group chats as well. My dad's side and my mom's side. Woo wee. Yeah, so that's a lot to handle. <laughs> oh yeah, sometimes I have to put it on mute for sure. 
Yeah, me too. I'm like, I love you guys, but I'm going to mute it right now. So. Facts, facts. Yeah. I do that all the time. Um, so, so sorry, we just had to connect on that level real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but I just want to jump back into it. Um, in your own words, can you define what self-confidence means to you? Oh, wow. Okay. So self-confidence means that you can tackle any situation that is thrown at you. Um, and knowing that the outcome will be good no matter what. So it's about, you know, putting on a, sometimes you may put on a pair of pants that doesn't feel or are too tight for that time in your life, you know, they used to fit before, but not now. And you still feel good. You know that even that if you wear the a size up, you still look good. You still feel good because, um, have you ever met somebody who, you know, is a bit overweight, but their confidence is just so, um, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's so attractive, but you know, that Facts. they feel good yes, within themselves. Yeah. And then you get somebody who might have like the perfect body per se, and you know that they're not very confident and you can just feel it. Right. So there may not be too, too attractive, but you know, that bigger person, you know, is so confident in their skin that they're, they're just attractive that their vibes just, you just want to vibe with them. Um, that's self-confidence right there. Not ma- It doesn't matter what you look like or what your hair is, you know. Sometimes I go on my Instagram stories and I'm in my pajamas and my hair's in a bun, but I know I still feel good, you know, and I want to project that to others that you can feel good at any season of your life. And it's all about speaking positive words to yourself. So I'm very much like that. Um, Before I do anything big in my life, you know, I tell myself I'm strong, I'm confident, I'm powerful, and that helps me personally. So, yeah. that's uh, That was a great explanation. Also, because I feel like a lot of people can, 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 (laughs) I just stuttered like a mug, but can connect with that. Um, Because as soon as you like gave that example in my head, like, you know, shout out to that those people and not naming their names and I love them. But like I thought of people like examples of both. And I was just like, yeah. man, it's so real. Like people can, you know, just if you project good energy, you really love yourself, you really like care about yourself and you really are self-confident and people can feel that energy. Where on the flip side, from the outside looking in, everyone might think you're perfect and and think you're you know, I don't know, whatever. Think of a perfect person who you imagine. Per- I mean, I know nobody's perfect, but you know, in my yeah, head, I know, if yeah. I, yeah, exactly. In my head, I'm like, damn, Chris Brown is handsome. That boy know how to dance. He know how to sing. He know how to do all this. And it's like, it's like, yeah, my my G is fly, but you know, who knows? You never know. If that person doesn't project self confidence, you're gonna be able to feel that, no matter how perfect they oh, may yeah. look from the outside looking in. So that was a really good explanation. Um. What was there like ever a time in your life where, again, I feel like we kind of covered this at the beginning, but was there ever a time in your life where you felt super challenged by your levels of confidence, like where your self-confidence levels were feeling super low? Yeah, of course. So I would say that I struggled with confidence all throughout high school and, you know, my early 20s. So um, in high school, I was, so if you were to describe me in high school, and I, I like to say that I bloomed after high school, you know, um, so if you were to describe me in high school, you would think of me as, as a short, chubby girl, you know, and that always got to me, like the way that people describe me, it, it, it used to just break my heart, even though they probably didn't mean it that way, that was, I was just probably on the thicker side, you know, and that's okay. 
But, you know, in my head, especially being a teen, you know, I did not feel good. Um, And then also my early 20s, I really started to care about my eating, let's say, when I hit 21. Um, So I... So, yeah, so that was a tough time because, um, and to get very deep, I used to look at myself in the mirror and just hate everything I saw. And it got to a point where I just didn't want that anymore for me. And I started, you know, it's a journey. Self-care is a journey. It's not like, oh, I'm going to flip the switch and be confident one day. You know, you have to really work on yourself. So I started eating better. I started working out. I started hanging. I actually stopped all the toxic relationships in my life that weren't, um, you know, helping my confidence. So I cut people out, and it was difficult. So I cut those people that were toxic in my life, and then I just started focusing on myself. I started reading more. I started, you know, really developing my my confidence. And now I'm here, and now I feel inspired and moved to help those those women that are, are in the spot where I was before and lift them up, so... Man, and it's so important to have people like that in the world who want to lift people up, who are trying to provide value or serve other people. Because I know, uh, I wish I have my little notepad here with, actually, I do. But um, <laughs> so there's like mm-hmm. a, a quote that I wrote down. It wasn't a quote. It was just something I, I was writing down my inspirations for starting this podcast yesterday. And um, I was thinking about how these interviews and and providing value and, and meeting and connecting with people whose goal in life is to provide inspiration, love and lift people up is so important because there is, you know, there are so many people who have already walked. Here it is. There are people who have already walked to the beach. And when people walk on a beach, they leave footprints and, you know, if you walk around the beach and you don't step in another person's footprints, then you have to create your own footprint, which is awesome in a way. But the way I was de- like defining it is that people have already walked the footprints. And if we walk in their footprints, like the, the path that they already laid down, then we can get farther faster. You know, it's not as much work. Yeah, exactly. And- That's why I get mentors. You know, it's important to have mentors because they already were where you were. So it, it can just, you know, 10x your your progress. Exactly. And and that's what I love about the content that you provide and, and really my focus behind having people on here. So it's like, you know, I ran into your page on Instagram and then I was looking through your page and looking through the captions you provide and looking at your blog and looking at this. And I was like, okay, this person really cares about lifting other people up and she's showing like the path that she already walked and she's sharing insights on that so that other people can, like you said, 10 X or speed up their process, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I'm glad that you got that from my Instagram. That must mean I'm doing it good. So. Yeah, no, you are, you are. I think it's so important that we use our platforms, especially our social platforms and how popular social media has become nowadays. If we don't use oh, yeah. our platform for good, then we're really doing a huge disservice to society. And it's like, you know, if you're posting on your social media, don't get me wrong. There's memes, there's videos that I laugh at. Of course, I don't, I don't (laughs) want to laugh at them, but I do laugh at them. And it's like, you know, there's definitely some things that are, you know, funny or whatever, but at the end of the day, if the content you're providing is negative and it's always about 
violence or it's always about putting another person down. You're really doing such a huge disservice to society because there's so many young people and older people. I think too much we talk about how there's so many young people that were influencing, but there's a lot of people who are 35, 45 that are still being influenced by other people because they haven't figured out how to not be influenced by other people yet, which is fine. You know, everyone's going through their own process. Um, but you know, we too often talk about influencing 17 year olds and 16 year olds, which is really, you know, important that we influence them for good because they are the next generation. Um, but also there is 50 year olds out there who you're hurting as well from providing, you know, negative content. So I think providing, you know, messages like you're doing and platforms like, you know, the culture talks and, and just, uh, really providing some service to society is extremely undervalued and needs to be overvalued. I don't I don't even exactly. think it can be overvalued, but I think it should be. <laughs> yeah, um, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm big on, you know, by you not shining your light, you're doing a disservice to others and not pursuing your passions, you're doing a disservice to others because I feel that a lot of people are afraid to pursue their passions, but they don't realize that by them not doing that, if you didn't have this podcast, if I didn't, you know, share about my story and have my company, then, you know, that's a disservice to others. So, Facts, yeah. facts. And uh, still on the topic of confidence, where, uh, or not where, when, dang, not when, how important is it um, to have confidence when it comes to being an entrepreneur, especially a female entrepreneur? Oh, it's, it's extremely important. First of all, there was never a greater time to be a female entrepreneur than now. And I feel like nowadays there's a lot more female entrepreneurs than even male, you know, uh, we're, we're starting to stand out. So um, it's really easy to feel um, depleted. It's really easy to compare yourself to somebody's middle. So you're comparing your beginning to somebody's middle, you know, and you have to take yourself back from that and really enjoy the the place you are right now. So you need confidence to get yourself out of that. Uh, a lot of self-development. So I always say, and my mentors say this all the, says this all the time, to consume uh, less and create more. So if you catch yourself consuming a lot, you know, it could be very toxic. That's where you start comparing yourself to others. Um, so that's when you want to create more. And so I, I always take that to the heart. If I find myself consuming too much, I, I know I have to create 10 times more. So uh, it takes confidence to, you know, tackle all the difficulties that come up because let's be honest, business is not easy. Entrepreneurship is not easy. It's not like, oh, I'm going to start a business and it's going to be profitable, you know, the second I launch. No, it takes like blood, sweat, tears, you know, and passion and, and a drive. So you have to be confident. You have to work on yourself. So I so if I work on my business, I know that I, I need to take the a day to work on myself. So mm, I like that. That's I what like I that. do. I like to balance it out. I like that. And for all you weightlifters out there, just like you're supposed to hit push, I mean, pull as much as you're supposed to hit push day. So you're equal. It's the same thing in life, my G. (laughs) If you have a business and you're focused on your business and you gave your whole day to business or to your health one day, make sure that you balancing it out with, you know, some self-care the next day. Because like she said, and, and, you know, she's able to say it because she's going through going through the process of being a businesswoman right now is, you know, it takes a lot out of you to run a business and to build a business. There's a lot of energy that you're giving to 
something outside of yourself. So then you need to take that time to reinvest um, within, especially spiritually, mentally, and, and physically. So um, could you talk a little bit about imposter syndrome? I know um, on Instagram, one of your posts, you were sharing about how there was a time where you felt like an imposter. And can you just talk about what the imposter syndrome is for people who aren't familiar with it and then share how you were able to you know, fight your way out of that? Yeah, so imposter syndrome is pretty much where you are kind of like, oh, like, that's not for me, you know? Like, who am I to to do this? Who am I to dream, dream big? So you kind of just, like, block yourself, and you don't believe that you can actually achieve, you know, what you are completely capable of. And even, you know, even before this podcast interview, I was like, who am I to get interviewed, you know? And and that's when the imposter syndrome kicks in, and it's a natural thing. It happens to everybody, to the greatest of greatest. I'm sure it happens to, you know, Tony Robbins. I don't know if it does, but I'm sure it did at one point, you know? Um, and sometimes we let imposter syndrome get in the way of our success, and, and it's okay to have it, but it's also... Uh, you need to kind of believe in yourself and believe that, that of course, you can do it. You are meant to, you know, speak on stages and be on podcasts and and be on magazines. Whatever your dream and your goals are, uh, you deserve it. And once you get there, just know that that's for you. So that's just my advice, you know. I love it. it. I love it. Um, so we're going to play a little game so okay the game the game is basically i'm going to i'm trying to decide whether i want to do my quote game or my word game but let's do um my word game so my word game is basically um i'm gonna ask you what comes to mind when i say a certain word and then you can share something real fast i'll ask you three words or i'll say three words and then share what comes to mind and Then I'm going to ask you some final questions and we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. Blessings. Okay. So we're going to start in five, four, three, two, one. Family. Oh, wow. Wow. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Family. uh, Courage. (laughs) Do I have to say three words? Oh, no. You, You can respond whatever you want to the word, basically. Oh, family. Oh, love. Perfect. Food. Uh, delicious. <laughs> Sacrifice. Um, hard work. One more. Empathy. Um, authenticity. <laughs> I love it. All right. So um, I want to, if you're comfortable, talk about um, how important um, – so, you know, like I like I like I do with all my podcast interviews, I definitely do some investigation. So, am I correct that am I correct that this is a just a few weeks past your year anniversary of being married or am I wrong? Yes, you're correct. Perfect. Okay. So, um with that being said, how important is it to have a supportive partner um when you are starting a business or just being a um co-founder or CEO of a business as a woman, how important is it to have a supportive partner? It's extremely important. Let me tell you right now that if your partner does not support you, that is not the partner for you because your partner sees the, the best in you when you can't even see it. 
So sometimes, you know, it's normal for me to get down or things didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. He's always there to lift me up and cheer me up. So we're like a balance to each other. So he's also a business owner. He's actually a coach. He teaches people um, how to cope with anxiety. So, so whenever he's feeling down about his business, I'm there to lift him up. And whenever I'm feeling down, he's there to lift me up because we believe in each other's potential and we both are wanting to build a legacy for our family. And we always say that we don't have kids yet, but once we do have kids, they're going to be some lucky kids. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, but, you know, it's important to lift each other up. And I had, I have had partners that weren't, you know, supportive in my vision and my dreams. And like I said, that ruined my confidence. So it's very important for your partner to be supportive. So if you're listening to this and your partner does not support you and your goals and aspirations, have a conversation with them. Ask them why they don't believe in you, you know, and maybe that, that, that's a big deal breaker. You know, it's extremely important because once you're married, it's a partnership. It's not, it's no longer just a relationship. It's a complete partnership. You're going through life together. You said yes to each other through the hard times, through sickness, through the good times. So you're going against the world. Um, so you have to partner up and, you know, just be there for each other. And what are, what are some like non-negotiables that like you had for yourself when you were like thinking about um, the, the person you wanted to end up with in the future? What were some things you were like, I will not accept somebody if they don't have this character trait or I will not accept somebody that treats me like this or, you know, so what are, what, what were yeah. some non-negotiables? It doesn't have to be a lie. It can be one or two, but what were some non-negotiables you had for whoever was going to be your future partner or what were some, yeah, go ahead. So a big non-negotiable definitely has to be a motivated person and somebody who wants to be better every day. So somebody who focuses on working on themselves and somebody who is driven because I can't, I, I couldn't have somebody who, if I'm, you know, sometimes toxic masculinity, masculine, I'm sorry, masculinity gets in the way. And if you see a woman, um, a lot of men, I'm not speaking for every man, so don't get me wrong. Uh, if the woman is more successful in the family, you know, they might feel like not a man anymore. So I definitely need somebody who's driven, who's willing to grow a business. So when I met my partner, um, he was growing a business. So I was like, I knew that that was something important to me uh, because I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So that was a non-negotiable. A non-negotiable is also somebody who cares about his neighbor. So somebody who isn't always talking about other people the wrong way. I'm, I'm completely, you know, sometimes, you know, as humans, we talk about others and that's just normal. Um, but somebody who rather speaks positivity rather than negativity. So those are two big non-negotiables for me. Um, yeah. I love it. And with the two minutes we have remaining, in 30 seconds, give a tip or, or something that you think is extremely important for, let's say there's a 14-year-old girl right now. Um, she doesn't know what exactly she wants to do in her life. She's challenged by not being extremely confident, and she really just wants to be better. What is going to be a small piece of advice for her? I'm sure there's a large piece of advice for her, but what's a small piece yeah. of advice? <laughs> 
My number one tip is to move your needle forward every day and that you don't have to have it all figured out today. You'll figure it out as you go, as long as you do something that moves you forward every day, no matter how big or how small. Just know that, oh, today I took a step. So that's a, that's a positive on my side. And just keep going. So I love it. Thank you so much today for providing so much value, information, uh, motivation, inspiration um, for the <laughs> Culture Talks listeners. I really appreciate you for coming on today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun, so. For sure, me as well. Before we get off this podcast, can you go ahead and plug them with your uh, social media, with your website, and then also go ahead and uh, plug your your husband's business as well? Yeah, of course. Um, So if you guys follow me on Instagram, it's at Daniela, I won't spell it, but at Daniela.Bazara. And my Instagram for my business is Bizarra Cosmetics. It's B-E-Z-A-R-A Cosmetics. And then you can also go on BizarraCosmetics.com. Right now, uh, we always have a sale going on, especially in this time. We want to make it accessible to you guys to buy, you know, your brushes. So, and then my husband's business, his name is Nelson. He teaches all about um, health anxiety. So it's really important right now. We're all going through that um, health anxiety. So. One more time, can you uh, plug your husband's one more time and cut out? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's Nelson Luz Bell. So it's Nelson and then Luz Bell is L-U-Z-B-E-L. And he talks all about health anxiety, which is something we're all going through right now. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much. I will include all the socials in the description for those who are too lazy to write it down, (laughs) but I'll include it all in the uh, description again. Thank you so much for coming on and I hope we can, you know, build something business wise in the future or have another podcast in the future. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. Have a blessed day. Yeah.